You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day and welcome to another week of Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. I'm Jules and with me as always is Stocks. Today we're going to be talking to the Pumped Podcast, Sophie Lavender and Hayley Flowers. Um, They've got a great podcast that was actually introduced to me by my wife, uh, which she found out about through the mother's group that she's on. So a really nice way of getting uh, new listeners on board and certainly a community that's very, very keen to spread the, the message if you're doing it right, which they both are. But before we did, we wanted just to get back into a bit of industry stuff. I think if you're watching the news or certainly the podcast news, you'll note that Spotify has made a couple of new acquisitions in their analytics space, something that we all like to talk about quite a bit. Stocks, what do you think? Bloody Spotify again, huh? Like, yeah, they're just dominating the news cycle right now. Little thing that last night I was going to hit you up about, but it seemed to be a it turned out to be a bit of a false flag, was trending in the US and then trending over here on Twitter was that they'd pulled all episodes of Joe Rogan off Spotify. Oh, wow. Yeah, look, didn't seem to be the case. Not sure uh, what's going on, actually. But, yeah, look, it was there and it seemed to be there. I think there was some sort of software update or something going on. Uh, yeah, I don't think they put, they haven't pulled it down. But uh, there was a minute there, I was like, Jules, mate, you we've got to jump on. So the eagle-eyed listeners had picked that one up pretty quickly. Yeah, look, I think they all came back with a new COVID update uh, warning on it. And I think that's just debuted for the first time. So I imagine it was some sort of upgrade going on to that and everyone seeing that go on. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, Spotify dominating the news. In summary, they've bought two companies, Podsites and Chartable. Being a publicly listed company, both acquisitions must be under $50 million. Otherwise, they'd have to have done a whole bunch of paperwork and revealed how much that actually the acquisitions were. So we don't know how big the acquisition actually was. Podsites is basically a podcast measurement company. And Chartable, which we use quite extensively, is an analytics platform. So you can get a lot of data and analytics about beyond what you'd normally get just from an RSS feed and most of the players. It's interesting. I mean, Spotify already leads in terms of they're the only platform where you can get the gender and age of the person listening to a podcast. And that's due to the fact when you put together a Spotify membership, you give your date of birth, you give your gender when you sign up. So they're the only ones with that data already. And this seems like they're going to try and increase the amount of data they have on podcasting and with make podcast advertising more personal, which is the way it's got to go. I mean, at some point, it's got to become as targeted as sort of web advertising and social media advertising where they're building up this profile on you and you're getting served a certain ad at a certain time at a certain place. And the other thing, if you go into the back of podcasters for Spotify, is you'll get the music that people who listen to this podcast also listen to, and it's almost always Ed Sheeran and Ariana Grande and blah, 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 blah. But it's got a list of all these different people that all the different music people listen to. And that's just what we're seeing, uh, having seen the platform from the level that a person who works at Spotify has, there's a hell of a lot more there. I don't have that access, but I've seen some of it. And so that, it's all coming down to data, as all this advertising always does. So it seems like a quite an aggressive play that really got a lot of people's attention. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've been in the podcasting world for quite some time on the publishing side of things. How have you noticed that the analytics has kind of changed throughout that time? And how have you adapted things or not um, to to feed off some of the data that you're able to get nowadays? Yeah, well, the Spotify part's a big big factor, just having the the age and gender. With podcasting all being, all being about niche audiences, you go, okay, this one. You look at some of our sporting podcasts and it's always high 80s to low 90% male. 
uh, for all these podcasts and then looking the other way with some different podcasts that are running um, and we can almost guess what they are now like when we get a new podcast and we, we hook it up to Spotify analytics we just throw it out there and go okay ladies guide to dude cinema what do you reckon guys what do you reckon the and we throw it around the room and everyone has a guess. And we're usually pretty spot on in what it is. But that's really made a huge difference. The next thing is then you're putting these links in which Chartable and people like that do where you can see who actually listened to the podcast and get a little bit more data on them. So it's, it's not a cookie, but it's something moving that way. And more and more brands want to get into that space. And more and more people want the data. And right now, until recently, the data had just been number of listens served in this geo area and the geo area is big either state or national in australia whereas in the u.s it goes down to postcodes or zip codes it's not great but the thing is it's better than radio where some octanagerians filled out a 45 minute survey on their front door once a month like that's radio's been doing just fine all these years but podcasts have given you better data than radio for a start it's similar to what you would have seen with television and, and then obviously display advertising and, and that even goes a step f- further when it came to Facebook and, and Instagram and being able to really get that kind of graph on all of your interests to know exactly how to target you and when to target you. you know, Spotify and, and podcasts in general started off being a lot more like you know native reads and things like that, but it's very difficult to close the loop and know if someone's actually made a sale off, off a read or what what kind of purchases and, and what kind of sales they're bringing through. I mean, obviously, you know, anyone who's listened to a podcast has heard them give out their own personalized discount code uh, for their show. But I guess this just really helps them narrow in and, and see the efficacy of the, of the format as well. And then also just, you know, above anything else, give Spotify another ad stream, uh, another revenue stream, sorry. Yeah. So, whereas music, you know, they, they pay the, the artist a, a small portion of the, of the stream. This, they just get to get everyone doing subscriptions, but then also make a whole lot of money off advertising as well. That's right. I mean, look, if you look as recently as something like Teacher's Pet Podcast, which we'll talk about today, it was a Harvey Norman ad, what they call baked in. So a baked in ad is something that you've actually put into the ad recording. So when you've recorded the episode, you've uploaded it to the podcast platform with the ad baked in. And that was Harvey Norman. A, it was very weird advertising. What's a Harvey Norman supporting you know investigations into true crime great don't really get the link but incredible advertising for them with sort of over 26 million impressions on there that are baked in if you teachers pets currently not available due to the court case but once it's back on those ads will be baked into it forever Mm, in perpetuity yeah but at the same time the ads have now become dynamically inserted so that if you run a campaign for two weeks on this podcast you'll hear these specific ads if you're in this specific area for this specific period of the campaign and with podcasting so much of the monetization is through your back catalog unless you're a daily news podcast so having those ad slots available means that somewhere between 30 and 60 percent of your weekly listens will be on back catalog so you want to have these dynamically inserted ads and also if your podcast is playing over in the uk you might want a different advertiser to slot in and not having something like there'd be no point having a harvey norman ad play in in someone in the uk or us listening to teacher's pet so it's come a lot smarter you get a better share it's interesting i mean yeah spotify has also opened something i think they inter- refer to it internally as span but it's a spotify audience network for them that's now competing with people like ARN, ACAST, Nova, people like that where they're putting a sales team out there and they're saying if you've got a podcast come to us 
we're not going to sign you as we would in terms of we're not going to pay for your podcast like Joe Rogan or Case File or something like that. But what they do is they say, bring your podcast to us and we'll monetize it on all platforms and we'll get ad campaigns for you. So that's interesting. They've got the old team from Mushka uh, running point on that, which is another company they acquired, an Australian company they acquired. That's obviously put some noses out of joint around the place in terms of uh, the competition because Spotify was just seen as this platform but not a monetization competitor like everyone in that space i guess what they're trying to do is the biggest challenge is a measurement of the campaign and attribution of sales that come from a campaign they're the two biggest unsolved challenges and that's what they're trying to fix up here yeah and I, I guess you know with that and the dynamic insertion and everything you've really got to work hard to just have some content that's evergreen and you know if you create something that's really good there's a there's a long time that you could potentially be earning off it Definitely. And look, there was an article you sent to me when this all broke, which was from The Verge, and that was Ashley Carmen. I think a quote from her that was kind of key was, this whole acquisition is, is actually about competing with YouTube. Spotify wants to compete with YouTube, and YouTube is the creator's platform, and that's where people go to upload their videos. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, I'm not 100% sure I agree, but look, it's a very interesting perspective on this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, you'll see that uh, on some of the podcasts that you listen to on Spotify, you might notice that they've started introducing video there as well. So I think there probably is a pretty direct jab that they're trying to make towards YouTube. And I think, you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I don't think a lot of people are used to or even expect to see video in, in Spotify. So it'll take a little bit of behavioral change. But look, I listen to Spotify as my main platform now. I switched over from Apple a while ago. I think I'm really just embedded in it and they keep on making uh, continuous product enhancements that keep you there for the time being so i suppose look they're winning they're winning a lot of years in that regard no doubt why don't we hop over to the show we've got another show speaking of evergreen content we've got uh the pump podcast as we mentioned before sophie lavender and Haley flowers are coming on why don't we throw over to them Haley and sophie tell us about the show i'm Haley flowers and this is <laughs> i'm sophie lavender <laughs> And together we're pumped. We're and pumped, pumped is a p- pumped yeah. podcast. It's all about um, the challenges of navigating motherhood and the fourth trimester and life thereafter. There's a gap in the market, kind of for the fifth, fourth, fifth, the fifth trimester, the fourth <laughs> trimester journey. Um, there's Australian birth stories, obviously, beyond the bump. Uh, they're the two biggies, but there's a big, a big gap in in the in the fourth trimester. The breastfeeding, it's the most challenging part, and we don't. Un- we don't talk about it and unpack it enough so yeah here we are so we interview women uh, asking about their experiences within the fourth trimester and um just we feel that sharing their stories is the best way to educate uh new mums going into that for the first time all right so the show has been going now for two seasons um Hayley, you were the originator of the show along with bianca do you want to tell us a bit about just if you wouldn't mind how the two of you got together initially i know that you'd had a bit of time apart and then fortuitously came back into each other's lives yeah so bianca and i went to uni together we studied a bachelor of performing arts at wollongong shout out to anyone that has done that course and we hadn't really i mean we'd stay in, we'd stayed in touch by the socials um, here and there but and she obviously has a, a daughter that's a bit ahead a year ahead of, of, of myself and so so during the challenges that kind of arose and, and me creating a post around I think it was breastfeeding awareness week I did a big post about the challenges um, about 
my journey and then Bianca and I kind of started talking about it and she's always been interested in doing a podcast she actually went on the spicy meatball tour with um yeah so she she was a part of all of that and just loves talking and we just started chatting about the gap and and why no one really talks about how hard it is how bloody tough it is in that that fourth trimester journey and we just thought let's let's do something with this let's let's talk about it so that's kind of where it birthed Um, yeah and then Sophie as well I mean fortune has brought you guys together too do you want to speak to how you guys came together yeah so we met on the peanut app so if you're not familiar with that app it's an app for um, parents who or mothers that are due around the same time so you it's it's like tinder for mums basically you can filter when your due dates are and then the location of which you are to the other parents um and yeah i'm in bondi Haley's in centennial park and we connected that way uh, we went for our first walk around centennial park and um i mean Haley and i are really lucky in the friendship that we have um built together from the minute that i met her i felt like i had known her for my whole life basically we just I think we're just two souls that connected really really well and um, I'm really grateful for the friendship that developed out of that Um, and then when Bianca uh, communicated to Hayley that she was ready to step away from the podcast Hayley's called me she was kind of telling me about the situation she wasn't sure if she wanted to continue or if she wanted to get another host in and the whole time I was thinking that why hasn't she asked me the little <laughs> little bitch <laughs> and then she did and then it was it was um, coming it was coming of- I was working towards it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was kind of throwing these other names out and I was like, how dare she? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I, I kind of slept on it because I have quite a bit on my plate as it was. Um, so adding more into that was a tough decision for me and the fact that if I wanted to do something, I wanted to do it well and I wanted to give it a, like a good crack um, and I didn't want to let Hayley down um, because I knew that this is something she was really passionate about. So that's how we connected and how I came onto the scene. And had you listened to the show as well prior to to meeting Hayley or did it come about just through your meeting? Yeah, so I had listened to the show prior and I had also been a guest on season one and talked through my kind of story in the fourth trimester with her and Bianca. So um, it felt quite natural to sink into that kind of host seat um, because I was quite familiar with how things were running and obviously being friends with Haley, I knew the behind the scenes and what she had planned um, with what was going on. Right. And Haley, how had the process changed for you going from season one, host one, to season two, Sophie? Or did it? It was, uh, it was a quick turnaround, I guess. It was um, because literally Bianca and I, we'd pretty much booked all of the guests and everything for season two. Um, everything was locked and ready to go and, and B was just at, at the point where she was at capacity and so it was it was a fast turnaround um, but fantastic I mean Soph is so organized and I feel like that was maybe one thing that was lacking in in out the logistical side of things because I'm just so turbo and I put 120% into everything that I do uh, but we needed I needed someone that was like had a big giant spreadsheet and could just you know 
just take the reins and kind of put all of my thoughts and everything and the plans, the grandiose plans for the future onto that spreadsheet. So Soph just jumped in there and it was, yeah, it was balls to the wall or tits to the wall. (laughs) Either, probably tits is more fitting, isn't it? Um, Seeing this based on the podcast title. But yeah, it was, it was all systems go. And Soph just, yeah, dove in and, and, and committed wholeheartedly. And it's just been, I mean, we've pretty much finished recording for season two now we've had a trip up up the coast and it's been yeah it's been a whirlwind we've smashed out a lot in a month so if it's only been a month i know since season two yeah right that's fantastic i mean i i came about your podcast um through my wife so i think the journey to discovery is is you know varied for a lot of people but um we had our first child uh, coming up on nine months ago now so she's found it really helpful and a, and a great listen while she's been sort of going through because I think you do have a lot of time um, while you're doing these things and, and depending on, on you know the current state of lockdown you might be a little bit more isolated and not be able to lean on parents groups as much or whatever but fortunately actually Hayley I think you might have joined into one of her parents groups and and talked about the podcast in there and so got onto it so she's found it great but what I'm, I'm wondering is I think like in that sort of time where you do have you know a lot more time to think and you, you might not be working depending on on you know what your maternity leave is like um, it seems like a lot of new business ideas and just creative ideas in general start to flourish was this kind of similar for you or did you already have a bit of an inkling that you wanted to do something around this space there's more and more ideas constantly building we're just it's there's so much we want to create and I just I don't even I don't even know where to begin either I just I've always wanted to do something like this and I think the most imperative part of all of this is connecting mums that's our bottom line and no matter what it's about storytelling um, in its most authentic and, and raw nature and it's easy to get caught up in the stats um, because they do get quite addictive looking at, you know, how you're going and the audience and whatnot. But ultimately it is about just making mums feel less alone. And and from that now, obviously, we've gotten um, Rachel from Marvel Lane, who's our special guest host, as well involved. Um, And she is obviously a very savvy businesswoman, Mm -hmm. um, has a huge following. And her, um, her, I think she was episode nine in season one, Yep. And she had, yeah, it's such a huge response. Um, so from there, we've had a lot of ideas and a lot of meetings as well. So for H and I about how we can uh, build, build this and kind of make it a business eventually. But... It, it is a lot of work and it is it's like a full-time gig well Rachel was excellent I mean that that was definitely an episode that that stood out for me as well I mean she's just one of these real kind of firecrackers and people just seems to know everything about everything and just have it you know is just super mm-hmm. switched on but she's come back obviously and done some you know ask me anything type episodes and things like that I mean did you just kind of hear her talking and think oh jackpot <laughs> oh yeah yeah absolutely um she just her nature and she used to be a lawyer so she's just so quick and she's she's also very engaging you know like she as you mentioned she's she's got a quit for everything she's got a story for everything but she's also had a really um amazing journey to motherhood and I think that sharing that is so important because a lot of people don't talk about how hard it is to sometimes have a family and you know she went through seven years of IVF to get her baby Murphy so Mm. I think the more we normalize that and the more we share people's stories um is is only going to help that conversation 
and it, mm. you know it's just a bonus that she's a gorgeous and b hilarious and she's got great knockers <laughs> sorry sorry jules <laughs> just cut off. did you find in your own experience in the lead up to having your first kids that you know there were some things that you just kind of thought you knew and then the absolute difference when the little one actually comes along and and what you thought you knew sort of kind of goes out the window a little bit oh god yeah i mean i all of i'm the last out of my friends to have have my immediate friends i grew up in mollymook on the south coast and everyone has kind of moved back there and i was quite emotional and hormonal i'm sure you know this jules with like you know the before you're about to pop the hormones are raging and i'm sure you've seen like so if you know this too it's so you know you get into a space where you're like oh gosh like i'm gonna have i'm gonna have no one around me and all of my mates have kind of i don't know yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do here and i'm gonna be alone and all of my friends that are left in sydney are still partying single and i'm just gonna be here with my child you know (laughs) sitting on the lounge um and i'm just gonna be breastfeeding and then ironically um, the breastfeeding part was the real challenging part for me which I thought would be extremely natural Um, and I know that a lot of women that is a a huge thing that we've got so many women coming on this season that thought it would be a really natural occurrence but on the other end having a baby is kind of like having a a, a new puppy or you, you do make so many friends and you do you do sink in with people if you're willing to especially during COVID times that's been the most surprising that in a time when we're so isolated I've become more connected with some amazing women um, that I would have probably not given the circumstances forced myself to do so yeah Yeah, it's funny I think I even get smiles when from strangers when I'm walking down the street with a pram as opposed to when I'm just moseying on down myself One of the changes that seem to happen between season one and season two is the podcast seems to become more commercial and more of a platform. Is that something that's consciously happened? I think when we were approached um, for a sponsorship opportunity, it felt like the natural progression. You know, we we feel that the main objective of our podcast is to help new mums and to, you know, highlight the changes and everything that is going to happen within the fourth trimester you know no one really prepares you but we can only help as much as we can and I think yes the commercial side of it is just only going to help us reach a bigger audience and therefore help more mums um you know Hayley and I didn't come into this or Hayley and Bianca didn't come into this thinking we're going to make a bucket load of money statistically most podcasts don't make money until like second or third year anyway so if you're not passionate about it and if it's not a love project um, it's not really going to go anywhere. So when we did get that opportunity, we jumped at it, of course. Um, I just think feel like it's a natural progression of where we're heading. That makes sense. And you seem to be very meticulous in the way you're planning it. I mean, early in season episode, I think episode one of season two, you're already talking about guests for season three. Yeah, so that's down to Turbo, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, Haley's. I, uh, you I, have to tell her to take a breath sometimes. She's pretty intense, but it's in a good way, and it's through a lot of love. So, um, when I came on board, as I think Haley mentioned before, all of the basically all of the interviews for season two were locked down. We were just like they had verbally confirmed. We were just trying to find dates and to line them up. Um, so mm. for season three, you know, I've been really lucky to call on some of um, my contacts and some of my friends that have had really diverse and interesting stories within their fourth trimester and their journeys to parenthood um so yeah we're lucky that we're in a position now that we're planning for season three um and then beyond 
Excellent. Mm. And what's your process? Because it sounds like, I was saying to Jules when we were listening to the podcast, I just messaged him and said, it feels like I'm sitting at a cafe and I'm just listening to this conversation, a really intelligent, engaged conversation between friends at, a, at the next table. But clearly, it's, there's a lot more actual process involved than that. But you're getting this incredibly authentic feel. But what is your process, I guess, for preparing? I love doing the intro in front of the mums. I love, I think that's a really nice icebreaker. I love pumping them up, mind the pun, um, and, and getting them to, to listen back. I love, I think it's really interesting as well, interviewing women that are really career focused, um, that have, you know, extensive careers that then have this huge kind of shift. Um, and that, that within itself... I, I think that we, Bianca and I had too many questions at the start and we've kind of peeled them back now and they're really kind of specific and we let obviously room to kind of flow naturally. But at the start I was really, I just want to interview my friends and that's all it's going to be. But I think from there it's kind of like, well, no, there's so many other stories. There's not just your friends. There's, there's every different layer, every different type of baby. So let's explore that. And that's kind of when we did, um, we did a call out initially. We have a few PR friends and we kind of listed the guests in season one. And then we got approached by a lot of people, but now it's kind of happening that more people are approaching us, which is great because a lot of the process is really hard, especially having two babies that are under one year, one years old to, to try and ne- kind of negotiate time with that guest if they have, th- I mean, yeah. they have babies. So it's a bit of a logistical shit show. Um, but that that probably takes the longest in the process, just kind of negotiating a time frame. Mm-hmm. And locking, for me, that the biggest kind of thing is once you lock that guest down, um, then I just, yeah, I, I just like in the editing room or with our sound engineer, we just we just find the, the story. We just look for the best part of the stories, yeah. which is where you get that kind of authentic, natural rawness. Though. Well, with yes. Haley's background as well, like, you know, she can tell a great story and she knows how to get the best out of people. So I feel like that is just part of the magic that she brings to it. Um, But then on the flip side of that, you know, we're very organised in in how we approach people. We give them a briefing sheet. We don't tend to ask exactly the same questions each episode, but there are key themes that we touch on each episode. And that's a nice way to intro and outro the interview. Um, Yeah, I think that's for process-wise the best way that we can manage it when we've got conflicting... um, you know priorities as well because you know it does feel like a full-time gig half the time but then you've still got kids at home I've got another business as well as you know running you know life well I do like it how the kids obviously feature on the podcast from time to time whether it's (laughs) intentional or otherwise I think with everyone working from home a lot of the time now this has become a lot more expected and accepted for sure but I think it really adds to the show particularly given the subject matter Definitely lend some authenticity for sure. You were just talking about sort of going out to your friends and things like that. And I think, um, as we kind of touched on before, like discovering new podcasts, there's just, there's so much out there. And I think having the ability to to kind of have it promoted organically through the the mothers groups must just give you such a boost. Because I know like with Linz, I mean, she was just watching some of these conversations unfold and it's people, you know, really kind of... not end of tether times but they're sleep deprived and they've got someone screaming and they're not sure what it's about and they're sort of trying to find anything that might help them kind of through that moment so I imagine once they 
no pun intended, latch on to something, um, <laughs> then it, it, it really must get a lot of sort of buy-in from all the friendship group and everything. Well, I get in trouble from Soph because we have, we're in some of the same mother's groups and Soph had to pull me aside and be like, you cannot keep heckling these poor mums with a Stop new episode every week. people, Hayley. She's like, that was one of the things that we had in our meeting before. She's like, okay, this isn't... This I'll do it this if you stop spamming people. If you stop, she's like, I, I follow the podcast. I don't need to see this all the time. But it was to the point um, where like a new episode would come out and like... Hayley, this is before I was hosting. Haley and I are friends on our personal, on our business. I follow her ever, and she was still texting me the summary and the link. And I was like, "Babe, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm all over it. I've got access to everything. I'm supporting you 100. percent You don't need to text me." <laughs> I think Lindsay's in the same mother's. I think yeah, she's. It could be the MCM mother's group, the Centennial Park yeah. mums. I think that's the one. Lindsay's is in. Jules. That, that which is where I put a lot of the content up as well. <laughs> Probably need to calm down with that. But I think there's a there's a balance, right? Like you want to put your content out there because you want to help people, but then I feel like there's you know people will engage or they won't engage, and you give them a couple of times to come in and follow and join you on the journey, and then you just got to let them be. If they're not they're not there, they're not there, right? <laughs> Yeah, like I, I think it is one of those things. I mean, look, as we've said, it's a kind of community element to it. And and it seems like you're kind of really building that as a part of what you're doing as well. Do you want to talk to some of the, the strategies and things like that? Or, you know, I mean, strategy sounds a little bit too kind of robotic, but just the way that you're trying to um, enhance and, and grow these groups. Absolutely. We've, it's all about our guests as well at the moment um, and kind of building we've got a lactation consultant coming on very soon we've got um, an artist and poet who's very well known on the socials coming on this Friday and they're doing a lot of giveaways um, it's just out of the you know they're doing it out of the generosity of like there's no money involved and I'm sure they'd be happy for us to say that they're, they're just doing it generously and I mean obviously they get exposure with their products and whatnot but um, ultimately, that's building community. There's more shares and reshares and tags on the socials, which I think is opening up a whole other audience that isn't just a part of those WhatsApp mums groups or the, you know, the Eastern Suburbs mums of Sydney or the... Um, because you do have to be quite careful as well um, strategically on Eastern Suburbs mums and um, Inner West mums. You can't start just, you know, relentlessly plugging. I've had, you know, girlfriends go on and say what podcast is there a recommendation and then I'll go oh have you heard of pumped podcast <laughs> um, which is you know you've got it that's that's how you get the word out um, initially and and that's how you kind of build momentum and have you found that the uh, listenership is growing quite a bit outside of you know the Sydney bubble I suppose yes we've had lots of lish, um, listens in Europe um, a few in Africa a few, um, there's a lot in Northern America as well, which is really cool. Um, so that would be the dream to kind of... I know, so I've got a lot of family in the UK, as as do I. So, yeah. There you go. You could become the Bondi Rescue of the fourth trimester. <laughs> I love That's that. That's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> um, what is the, I guess, ongoing evolution of the podcast with how long is the fourth trimester are you going to continue to follow your journey with your kids um is it a certain point going to sit at a certain place in time 
uh, in the journey, I guess, yeah, what, how does that look? I mean, I asked Hayley about this because when I jumped on, I was like pumped. I love the name, but, you know, should we play on like the wording about the fourth trimester a little bit more? And I just like feel that, you know, our story will, will grow and change. And if we choose to have more kids, we're going to revisit this period of life. But, you know, the mission of this podcast is to help mums in whatever way, shape or form. Right now it's focused on the fourth trimester. And I think we will continue to focus on that as the primary part of it. But I feel like us as hosts, as we move through our motherhood journeys, we will touch on that through our pumped up, pumped downs and just kind of our intros and outros. Um, but I mean, yeah, that, that's where I see it. Hales, if you want to jump in with anything you see there. Well, I think motherhood is, is constant and fatherhood, parenthood. Let's just say parenthood mm-hmm. because we know that there are dads listening to, um, <laughs> yeah, which is so cool. Um, so we need to make it, I think that it needs to evolve more so to a parenting kind of podcast eventually because we're not uh, yeah there'll always be I think we'll always have a segment on the fourth trimester like Soph said but as we're evolving I feel like that story needs to kind of carry with us and we'll all I think we'll revisit a lot of our guests as well and check in on on how they're traveling which is kind of I don't know if you really hear that on other podcasts I don't think I have heard that on any of the no the parenting or motherhood podcast so re- revisiting those guests is going to be really cool further down the track yeah, it's been interesting hearing uh, the various guests' sort of birth stories and things like that because you do realise just how different everything, everyone's experience is. And it just unlocks as well things that you hadn't even thought about or didn't even realise were, were sort of problems that people might face or, or just kind of, you know, things that went well or whatever. I mean, even that, I would imagine, would just open your eyes to so many different little avenues that parenthood can take and the things that you might want to explore and look to, you know, speak to people about in the future. Yeah, I'm really keen to get um, like a diversity, um, sorry, a more diverse interview um, coming in. Like I'd love to interview two dads that have coming in and how they navigated the fourth trimester because I just feel like that's something that isn't highlighted at all and I think that their experience would just be so interesting compared to either a same-sex female couple or a male-female couple. Um, and I think Hales and I are going to put a shout-out um, in the coming for next season to see if we can get anyone that's in that mm. particular situation to to deep dive into that that's the one gap that we're kind of looking for at the moment yeah that we don't have and it's we have got a lot of um a lot of we've got one specific guest from perth that's coming on to that's a foster parent with indigenous children which is going to be really interesting because that's a whole other layer mm. um yeah so there's a lot there's a lot to come in that in that regard we need to kind of yeah op- open open it up to a broader mm. broader spectrum i think yeah and it feels like if you do there's a bottomless well of content really i mean it's, oh, you know there's yeah. seven billion people in the world and they've all got a story and everyone's going to keep having babies unless it turns into handmaid's tale and then <laughs> could all be in trouble <laughs> then it'll be a different kind of podcast <laughs> Um, you can be dealing with some pretty sensitive uh, topics then. I mean, you know, people experiencing all of these things and, and the different styles and, and different situations that people have around becoming parents. How have you found that your interview style has changed or what have you tried to ensure through your interviews to, to make sure that everyone gets a, a fair 
cop i mean I, i'm not suggesting that you're going out there and trying to sort of you know gotcha anyone but i know obviously you want to just approach things with kindness and make sure that you get people's like authentic stories out are there any things that you've done to try and help that along create that safe space Oh, for sure. We have one coming up that's um, a big influencer on Instagram. Uh, I won't say her name yet because episode isn't coming out, but she um, specifically has quite a triggering breastfeeding journey. And I personally, I mean, Soph and I always, as you said, Jules, we, we kind of tackle this with kindness and it's about letting letting your guests speak. There's so many podcasts I feel where the hosts just kind of still dominate a lot. Um and you don't get to, to you don't get that full scope of, of who that person is and, and what their story is. So this specific guest was had quite a similar journey to me, and it was quite challenging to because I I, I could feel where she was at, and I could see Soph looking at me across the table. It was in person as well; it wasn't via Zoom. Uh, so. And Sofa said to me after, were you okay doing that? Because I could see that was triggering for you and it was really hard to hold back the the emotion that comes up because there is trauma associated with some of these stories that really do resonate with you or for that guest. So I think navigating that is just, yeah, you have to be really kind of um, think on your feet and just it has you have to make the space safe and I think a huge part of that is is really pumping up that guest at the start and giving them a cracking intro and just you can see them kind of relax straight away when they hear that and, and they're also humble I mean we had Rachel Rose who's just and she had like 10,000 downloads in 48 hours on Australian birth stories like an abs she just speaks so eloquently and is such a, a well of knowledge and I remember Bianca and I gave her this huge pump up and she's there like listening and she's like, oh, legendary. I don't know if I'm legendary. And we're like, yes, you are. Own it, Rach. Like you, you are, you're doing a mate. Like, you know, she's so renowned as a doula and women's circle facilitator. So I was fangirling so hard um, in that episode. <laughs> I just adore her. So, yeah. And I mean, Lindy Clem as well. So was, was fangirling really so hard. hard on that one. <laughs> she was so nervous. <laughs> a bit like Jules on this episode. Like. Yeah, exactly right. I think once you've been listening to people in your head for a while and you actually see them talking, you're like, I just can't really compute this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it's it's all about being kind and empathetic to people's stories, but as, as um, Hale said, it's letting them speak, but then also keeping them um, somewhat accountable to the question because I feel like when you're talking about your experience, especially something that's so personal to you, um, and such a transformational um, period of your life it can kind of dwindle 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 and you're just going through this like every detail of the story so I think it's it's also very important to bring them back to the initial question to be able to get the the real gem of the answer out um, without taking away you know their whole experience um, yeah I find that sometimes we need to really just bring it back and keep people moving through the, the, the series of questions to get the full story. Otherwise, it can just, you know, rabbit hole down to one specific area and then we're not getting the best out of each guest. Mm, that's really good advice, yeah. And I think anyone who's become parent knows how much you end up talking about your kids, so it's very easy to go down a rabbit yes. hole and need to pull people back on track. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, you do it masterfully. Have there been any podcasts that you've listened to in the past um, or any that you're listening to now that you would recommend to people I suppose it can either be recommendations for parenting or just things that you love because they're great interviews or whatever the, the situation might be motherhood wise I, I've always 
avidly listen to Australian birth stories. I think Sophie Walker and what she does is just incredible. And I feel like I learnt more from her as as a to-be parent or to-be mum than I did from any birth class that I ever did. Um, And that was kind of where it clicked for me. I'm like, wow, storytelling is just so powerful. That's, um, and then there's other podcasts like I love Jamila Jamil, uh, I Weigh. I, th- I think that was kind of the thing where I fell in love with podcasts. I listened to an episode with her interviewing Reese Witherspoon, and the sound quality wasn't great, but I just, uh, that just inspirational, an inspirational woman like Reese Witherspoon and all that she's done with her career, um, and as a, as a powerful woman, that kind of made me go, wow, you can really. Like I felt extremely inspired after after that specific episode, and from there I got kind of yeah really into I I lis- yeah listen to anything and everything really, but they're the two kind of standouts for me. Obviously, very different podcasts. Um, and how about you, Soph? Um, I really loved Beyond the Bump from a motherhood point of view. Um, just the way that they approached it, it was very. Um, very casual and quite funny um, from but to be honest like I wasn't really listening to a lot of podcasts Um, I only listened to a couple of episodes about that in to kind of prepare myself for birth because I was I had quite a few issues with um, like the fear of actually giving birth so to wrap my head around that and around c-sections and things like that Um, but for purely for entertainment wise I I quite like the investigative journalist journalism ones so um, teacher's pet I really enjoyed serial really famous one yeah Yeah, I really got into that binge that really hard and then all everything that they've released since um, I kind of listened to that but then I, I kind of flipped between podcasts and audiobooks if I'm going to listen to something I do like an audiobook as well so I tag team between those two platforms I guess and then finally any advice you'd want to give to people who are I think you've probably ladled everyone with a fair bit of advice for motherhood although you know new ideas keep on coming out is there anything that you want to say to people who are maybe looking to start a podcast be prepared just like there's a lot that goes into it I don't think people really understand that you know they think that you just like you know get a mic from Officeworks and hope for the best and it's really not that there's a lot of planning that goes into it there's a lot of um, behind the scenes um, and if you, yeah if you don't love it and you, you're not really passionate about what you're trying to put out there to help people or to do whatever you're trying to do um, then yeah yeah it's it's not cut out for you I guess <laughs> Yeah, it has to be a love piece to start yeah. with. You have to be completely invested, otherwise it will sink. Um, 110% it will sink if you you need... I mean, if I wasn't invested in this, I'd, yeah. Turbo Haley, I don't think... I, I, the turbo comes from the passion, so there has to be a passion there, right? Yeah. I think if you're living that experience too, it really helps. Mm. Well, look, we've really enjoyed, and certainly uh, Linz and I, listening to your journey unfold and, and the living of it. Um, and we really appreciate your coming on today and finding time from, you know, putting the kids down for a second and, and having a few minutes to yourself and spending it with us. Thanks so much for having no us. No worries. Have a great one. Yeah, we've loved it. Thank Thanks you so much. Good. Look forward to the rest of the season. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>